Hello, Danger Josh. Hello, non-Danger Ellie. Oh my gosh. We're here with Chad Gillard of Midwest Pantry. Uh, he's the co-founder yeah. of Midwest Pantry. Um, and we know him, uh, I know him from working with him uh, during the um, business hours at Go-Kart Labs. That's right. It's been like three... Two and a half? Two and a half, three years now. Almost three, yep. So then I've known Danger Jass that long too. Oh, did you meet him? Almost right yeah. away. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're kicking off a series called the What If series. And today's uh, episode is called What If You Run Another Business? So we're talking to Chad today about what it's like to have a full-time job that you do really well and also run a successful business on the side. Josh is actually keenly interested in your answers because oh. he's trying to understand yes. how the magic how happens. Can this how does the chat magic <laughs> Right. Um, so my first question for you, Chad, we'll just dig right in, is mm -hmm. did you bring us any treats? Oh, I didn't. Okay. I just ran over. That's fine. We'll still let you have whiskey. I should have. The first episode we recorded in the morning hours with coffee, so it wasn't, uh, we weren't that articulate, so we're hoping that the evening and whiskey combination goes better. I think the whiskey will help. I have high hopes. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Midwest Pantry? Sure. Yeah. Um, I co-founded it in 2010 with my business partner, Zoe Glass, who I met at the farmer's market. She had a booth kind of across the way. Which farmer's market? Mill City Farmer's Market. Okay. So downtown Minneapolis. And um, yeah, we kind of started working together and cross-promoting our products. And your product at the time was? The Apple Skeever. Apple Skeever. Yes. Little guys. The, da the Danish balls, the pancake <laughs> balls. And I would serve them with her jelly. She makes this great savory jelly. Uh -huh. And uh, I always served her jelly. and. Did it sell uh, more little guys? It sold a ton. But what was interesting is that because I was always trying to pay her for the jelly because mm -hmm. she's a small business just like me. And she's like, Chet, you can't pay me because whatever flavor you're serving that day, I sell out of. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> giving you jelly and you keep serving it and we'll both win. It's going to be great. So it was really this idea of collaboration. There was more to the story. People really liked the fact that we knew each other and we're friends and it was sort of, we realized really quickly that we were cutting each other's costs, but also by working together and, you know, a crowd attracts a crowd. So mm -hmm. the idea for Midwest Pantry really sprung up quickly after that, where, you know, the foods, our local f food, the food industry isn't set up for small food companies, which, you know, this was 2008, 2009 when we were at the farmer's market working together and it was really becoming popular and there was more and more food companies coming up all mm -hmm. the time and our whole idea is well let's help these guys grow their businesses um, by working together and by putting a bunch of small companies together we could do things that do we couldn't things. normally do yeah right so cool yeah so it's really about helping you know we're to the point now like 
We're teaching an education series at the Carlson School of Management. I saw that. We have two wholesale trade shows that we host every year. We have a retail event. Actually, it's coming up in about a month here mm-hmm. uh, called the Shop Small Holiday Market. And it's become a great um, uh, community activity. We doubled, almost doubled in size this year. We have a permanent location in St. Anthony at the Community Center. We're working with the Chamber of Commerce and nice. the Northeast, Northeastern Newspaper. They're hosting it. and It's really cool. And, we're, and so these are really real, tangible ways for small food companies to educate themselves. And we can mentor them through that process. But also be doing their business so. so so they don't just educate themselves about being better business people they educate people about local food and sustainability right absolutely and because the two kind of go hand in hand right and I think we're lucky here in Minnesota where we have a really strong interest in local food so I think we actually have a pretty educated population the Twin Cities has more co-ops per capita than anywhere. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's huge. We're and you know, like when Whole Foods came in, they're like, they used to be in like the Saviors when they come into a neighborhood, and here they were seen as the big corporate wonks. Yeah. And it's because we have actual real neighborhood co-ops. I feel like I take this for granted. It's a big deal. We have this a really is not nice everywhere. co-op. Four blocks from here. East side. Yeah. And I can't wait till it's done expanding. It's I know. Be I can't beautiful. wait till the parking lot to normal again. <laughs> I know. And, and we live over by the lakes. Oh yeah, we're moving. <laughs> this is the next. This is another podcast. <laughs> That's a whole. I have feelings about this. This is a whole separate podcast. <laughs> um, it's it's a sep- not just a separate episode. It's a separate podcast. It's a separate podcast. <laughs> so now. I know you from obviously you put just a ton of work and passion into your into Midwest Pantry as a business mm-hmm. and you it's doing great thriving growing um, but I know you from working as a business analyst at go-kart where it's not like you phone it in and we work really hard and it's a really um, brain-consuming uh, exhausting job, so... Yeah, I think you've called it thinky. Thinky. It's a thinky job. <laughs> it's a very it's a very thinky job. So, basically, how do you do all of it? Yeah, do you yeah. sleep? I could sleep more. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, it was... I'm actually sleeping more now as I've... You know, I've been doing this a while now, mm-hmm. so I... You know, I think the first time you do anything, it always consumes more of you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at Go-Kart, we, I tend to like to dig into things. I never noticed. First, <laughs> first time for everything. I mean, that's how I came to Go-Kart. Right. They, they're trying to, they want a business analyst department and like I can figure that out. So that's when I jumped on board and continue to try to find those things but it's exhausting right when you're doing anything for the first time I mm-hmm. don't care what it is it's... so with Midwest Pantry this year we've actually done a couple for like we stood up actually a few things this year but mm-hmm. um, you know it's becoming we're we're hitting our stride a little bit like mm-hmm. we've done a majority of the events that we produce, we've done several times now. So you kind so of have it down to a science. We know what to do. We know where to invest 
majority of our energy so we're not wasting our time. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to worry about things. I never noticed that either. <laughs> and, uh, and so I know what I should be worrying about and what I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of happens at go kart too, right? Like yeah. I've been there about five years close. now, and yeah, so I try to. I'm trying to, you know, and I have little kids right now too, so mm-hmm. I just need to make sure I carve out that time and and uh, I don't know. I'm keep trying to. It's it's definitely an art and not a science. Sure. Uh, there are times where I could definitely sleep more, but I find then it's not really worth it because then you get behind and you actually suffer. It's not worth it to sleep. It's it's not worth it to not sleep. Oh, I said oh, that wrong. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Good. It's not Just worth it to not sleep. I'm committed to sleeping. <laughs> sleeping is really good for you, mm-hmm. and it actually helps you think. It does. Right. It does. We talked about that in the last episode. In our can't figure on out target episode in our completely off focus episode about productivity (laughs) on focus okay speaking of on focus (laughs) when you do get overwhelmed when both jobs are at peak and not balancing out what where do you how do you decide where do you spend your time and what kinds of what do you what behaviors do you gravitate to to get through it? Oh, that's a really good question. I think um, I think I've never had both peak at the same time, but I've certainly had them both building sure at the same time. So um, uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I tend to... It's almost like when you have so much to do is when the most, like the pressure is on that like things are clearest Mm -hmm. and it's really just an exercise in prioritizing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and I like things a certain way. So it's about caring the right amount about the things that are the most important and what are not. And when you're in those really crunch times, I find I have the most clarity and I can let go of the less important things in a way that I don't unless my back's against the wall, <laughs> you know? Right. So. Well, you seem to have a good, um, the ability to set your boundaries when things, because I can kind of tell when I work on a project with you and, you know, you're kind of, at, when you're kind of right. maxed out. I need it to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> Your sentences tend to be a little bit shorter, but you, um, but you, you have the ability to be really clear about what to expect from you and what, um, what you need from other people, and to say that really concisely, mm. and to not overcommit yourself to things. Yeah, I really believe deeply in doing what I say I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and um, that. It's a big deal. Because I know we had a pretty intense project for, what, year and a half? half. (laughs) That's a pretty long time. And you had several events along the way. Absolutely. Um, And I never once felt like you weren't going to get your crap done. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what's interesting is I also was training for a marathon during that time. 
<laughs> which actually helped bring a ton of clarity because there was like I had to get my run in so there was times I got up like at 4 30 in the morning mm-hmm. went for my run which actually have helped keep my head clear mm-hmm. um and you know running does it for me I'm sure there's other activities that other people do that can get them in that headspace whether it's yoga or meditation or whatever for me I need if I'm active it clears it clears my brain mm-hmm. and and then I can prioritize. I hit what would happen is I'd be up early, get back from my run, I'd knock out my five biggest priorities for Midwest Pantry, mm-hmm. and then I'd be on with our developers, for, uh, you know, right. making sure that stuff got done for go kart. Right. Cool. When did you first become a professional human? Oh, that's a really are, You funny. are a professional human. A professional yeah, human. Yeah, certifiably. It, it <laughs> says it in the intro. <laughs> you know, I think I've always been a professional human. I think it was... Since birth? Since I became a professional. When was that? Like after college, that's right? That's what I'm getting at. So my first job okay. was like 2008. Engineer? Engineering, yeah. Okay. And I was single, but I was still very protective of my time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it really, and I worked in big corporate America, right? Like I worked for IBM and I worked for Seagate. And these are really big companies and I had great jobs. I traveled to Europe and to Asia. Like it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, this is not. You know, I was very, I was very clear in what I was going to give to them. I was very clear in my boundaries Mm -hmm. at a super young age. And, um. Why? Were your parents like that? No. Well, I don't, I don't know. I just was very protective of my own time. Mm -hmm. And. And I think that just served me well to be like to try to keep some balance. It's actually been as I've gotten older and more responsibilities and obviously this dual these dual careers that I have mm-hmm. um, that it's become a lot harder. It's just more and it's more pressure right now because the stakes are higher. I can't screw Yeah, people up. are paying attention to you. Yeah, I can't screw any of it up. I can't, you know... Right. Like, I have this 15-year marriage, 14-year marriage going. I have these kids that can't screw... I mean... And you have, we, what, 19 kids? Well, you know, I'm a good Irishman. So, <laughs> there could be 20 by now, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's... And I have these two great jobs that I love, and I think they're both super important, and I get to do really cool stuff, and... Don't want to screw it up. How do your kids perceive it? All the work? Do they? Cause I, so your son is in every sport, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, from the fundraising invitations. Right. There uh, are those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one daughter into Irish dancing. The other mm-hmm. daughter into what? Horses now. Yeah. Are we into horses, into horses still? Oh. That's not over yet. That takes a lot of time. It does. So how do you? There's that whole piece of it too. So how do you find the time to give? to them as well and um, make sure that they perceive you as responsibly balancing your time Mm. for them. 
Yeah, that's a really good thing. And and honestly, Katie, my wife, like, is mostly responsible for them perceiving any balance from me. Sure. You know, she really takes the lion's share of making sure all of their stuff gets done, Mm -hmm. which allows me the time to do these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and it's at the sacrifice of her own career. And she's starting to work part-time again. But she does a lot of that. Um, You know, we talk a lot about um, making sure you make choices that keep your give you options mm-hmm. and I think that's really important and I was raised with that idea too mm-hmm. um, and and you know my my kids you know Liam plays sports but he's made the connection that I have to do good in school and I have to work as hard in, at my desk as I do on the field mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I can do what I want right and there's a and he's made that connection at a really young age, and I'm really happy about that. Because mm-hmm. the alternative is you then you have neither option. Oh man, I think I just went to conferences and I think about what, how would I handle it if my kids actually weren't self motivated to do well in school? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just I just felt lucky. That's yeah. Like that. Well, and I think you know the they are driven to do well and I think they I think that is partly like they have the drive that I have Mm -hmm. as well they want to they like things a certain way Mm -hmm. especially the middle one Mm -hmm. but um but yeah I think it's I think it's a good it's working it's it is working somehow so I know that I Okay. <laughs> the rule is if you fuck up, you just pause for a minute and then take it from a place where we can start so we can edit that, oh, that part yeah. out. You didn't fuck up. I did. Got it. I don't know if I'm going to edit that. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> your, your choose. Um, I have a sense of what some of the lessons that you take from go-kart into running Midwest Pantry are. Like around yeah. Um, marketing, even WordPress development, um, content strategy stuff. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit about what some of those lessons are, iterating, testing concepts, validating, whatever. Yeah. What are some of those lessons that have helped you grow Midwest Pantry? And are there any lessons that you bring back to Go-Kart? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think um, distraction marketing yeah. Uh, that we run go-kart with, and we actually run all our projects at go-kart with. Yeah. Like, that, those concepts, I have definitely applied to Midwest Pantry, even to the fact that we did a retreat, off-site retreat. Oh, yeah. We took the kids and Katie. Like, we all went to a water park for the weekend, and it was cool. this... It was this blend. It was this great blend of, like, yep, we're going to have fun right now, and then we're going to work a little bit, and you guys go have fun, and then we'll all have fun again together. So it was this blend of, like, work and fun. Planning your one and three year. Yep. Yeah. And cool. so, because we had a very big growth year this year, and this was all planned. Mm-hmm. So that I definitely learned from Go-Kart. That's right out of the Go-Kart book. Um. I think some of the <clears throat> practical um, p- 
pieces about how to start a business and the the realities that a business goes through I learned uh, at Midwest Pantry mm-hmm. and and I think that's what we apply back to our product builds that mm-hmm. we do at Go-Kart. Mm-hmm. So when I was working from France, we were, we were standing up a product for our client. And a lot of that was just like someone, that was all like pure, like it was just like what I was doing at something for Midwest Pantry because there were so many logistical things that... Sure. Someone just had to figure out how, how it was it going to work, yeah, mm-hmm. and make sure that there was a a way and a plan and something was going to happen. And I just figured a lot of it out, and then the client would. Yeah, there's so many different facets of it. Yeah, like technology, operations. Yeah, marketing. and there was a lot of operations. I will say that you didn't do much of the marketing work in that time. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but that was a learning too. That. We've closed that gap now. We, yeah, we have. Um, what about lessons that you bring back to go-kart? Yeah. Um, I think I think that the difficulty of getting things... It's not hard to start, which I think is great, because that's certainly both, both places um, at go-kart and Midwest Pantry. It's... I, I, I love just getting stuff started. That's not the hard part for me anyway. Right. It's getting just the traction. In. Yeah. Jump in and go. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the different ways I've seen things stall out as, by working with so many different businesses uh, through Midwest Pantry. And, and I think that is what I bring back to Go-Kart definitely is it's just... I, I can learn so much faster because I'm working with, you know, 300 small companies or I get access to those people. Right. And I, you know, they're sharing their information and and we're trying to help figure out some of those things. So I've seen a lot of where people get stalled out and, and um, it takes some of the fear out of it. Mm-hmm. So I can be more bold as we lead our clients through Mm -hmm. some of this at go-kart cool yeah i suppose you would get the experience of (laughs) i mean it's because that can be a scary leap for people that don't know what it feels like yeah and we see this all the time right? right and people that are coming from corporate culture that does not allow I mean, failure really, I'm sorry, like, it's never really accepted, but, like, no. you have to be bold, and you have to move, you have to keep moving, or you are dead. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I think, I think we try to make it feel, make them feel okay about moving forward, and if, even if it's not quite the right step, it's a small enough step that we can make the right one before... It's too late. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, I think the biggest lesson is it doesn't have to be perfect. Does not have to be perfect. It just has to be out there. <laughs> it just has to be. So that I you like can that. get feedback on it. Yeah. Yep. And you just keep, keep going, keep improving it, right? And when you're idle, then you're dead. I'm curious what resources you use um, to stay 
up on things. Yeah. I already know that you read everything Des Trainer writes. I do like Des Trainer. And I do too. And it's because he's concise and to the point. Because this is my Achilles heel. He doesn't screw around. He doesn't. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we'll have to add that to the resources. Oh, that's a good the idea. Blog. But, but what else? What do you read about? This is this is really my Achilles heel because I don't take a lot of time to read. It's not how I learn best. The way I learn is by doing mm-hmm. and then talking to others, bouncing that experience off them. And then as I intern so I further internalize it and then I read something that actually That validates that it. That validates it. So it has to be experiential first. That is always how I learn. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's always the wisest, most efficient way to do it, but it is what works for me. And I tend to surround myself or attract people that, or I'm attracted to people that do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So maybe that I make less mistakes. My business partner reads. Like, she's a, definitely a reader. I know a lot of she people... she read about food or business, or what does she gravitate toward? Um... Business, for sure. Mm -hmm. The food part is, you know, there certainly is reading about that. But, like, you really do have to be good at business no matter what. No matter what you're schlepping. Even if you're a poet, you have to be good at business. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, or you won't be around. Right. Yeah, and when we are hiring people at Go-Kart, it tends to be people who think differently. Yep. Which is good. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just started binging on a podcast called Startup. Oh. And it's this guy who um, is starting a podcast company. Oh, nice. And he records all of these conversations that he has. Like conversations that no one ever records right. in the process of starting a business uh-huh. or creating a startup. Like conversations with his wife. Times that he wakes up in the middle of the night with mm. ideas for the name oh of the gosh. company. Like, just... Yep. That it's, sounds it's fascinating. It's just all of it. Yeah. And has made this podcast about it, and I've been just completely binging on it because it's oh, fascinating to I hear. need to check that out. Yeah. And it's cool because a lot of times when you think about startup, you think about technology companies, and his is not. It's... In fact, he's um, even talks to some investors who are like, why are you trying to create a business around podcasts this should be a technology this should be a technology company go away it's like uh, no 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 this is a podcast company uh, yeah yeah super interesting but any company can be a startup but and like great, we, but we, great we, business lessons like yeah yeah super cool podcast yeah it's a, most businesses don't fail because you're not good at what you do you're not good at business mm-hmm. right that's how businesses fail right so over the years we've known you, it seems like you've maybe changed your work uniform. <laughs> and um, can you share some tips you found along the way? Because when you dress for success, you have success. Well, that's interesting. And it's true. So I have a few problems, right? Like, I'm super busy. Like, I'm running between kids stuff and between... Appointments for go. How do you choose an outfit in the morning that's going to be valid in the I afternoon mean, and it's evening? It's just all these problems, right? <laughs> but I really don't have time to go shopping, mm-hmm. and I loathe going to the mall. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a local business guy. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't want to spend time doing that. But as Midwest Pantry has grown, like we've become the face for a lot of these local food companies. So it's important that we, I look presentable and like I am trustworthy and I might know what I'm talking about. So I had (laughs) what I, and same with go-kart as we've elevated and, um, we have national clients, like we kind of international clients. International clients now, <laughs> yeah. And I have to keep up with MJ, so I subscribe to a a internet okay. quotes company, and it's the greatest thing. Like they, I like everything they send me. It all fits perfectly, and it just shows up. And Katie loves it. My wife loves it. It's it's been a hit. Cool. And it's a and the Schwest has made a TV appearance and is known by most of our clients. You're going to have to now describe the Schwest. Well, the Schwest, <laughs> I actually thought it was a button-down shirt under a vest, but lo and behold, it's one... It's one unit. One unit. The the <laughs> sleeves are sewn together. It's two-tone. Huh. But it's got an overlap. It's got an huh. overlap on the, the chest part. It goes <laughs> over the sleeve part. So it looks... Like a vest, but it's a shirt, but it's it's a it's hassle-free not. vest. It's a vest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's true. Um, <clears throat> two more questions. Okay. Uh, one I have question just is enough whiskey. One, for two more. one question is the question that's in that jar because we're starting a mm. new tradition here tonight, which is that there's a random question jar for people that we interview. We only have one question in there, so it's not entirely random. (laughs) But you'll get to put a question back in the jar when you leave. I like it. Okay. The other question is, what advice do you have for the other professional humans? What's What's your best advice? I would say just start Mm -hmm. and... And I think if you're doing... And do something that you love. And I think this is why I'm able to keep going even when things get super crazy Mm -hmm. in both jobs and family life. is Because I see a lot of value in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. in both. And I love it. I couldn't actually choose what I would stop. I, I don't... I can't imagine my life without either one of them. Cool. It seems pretty lucky, actually. Yeah. Nice. Some people don't have any jobs, and I get... You have two awesome ones. I have two awesome ones. (laughs) That you're good at. Well, I hope. (laughs) Well, we're recording this, so... All right. If your boss listens, he does a super good job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there... Here's your random question. Okay. What part of your house do you clean quickly when someone is coming over and you don't have time to clean? <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome because this happened tonight. So, me too. That's why I thought of it. Uh, it's the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. So, either it gets stuffed in the sink or quickly in the dishwasher, but also the island needs oh. to get wiped down. Yeah. Because that's where everybody lands. Clutter. That's where mm-hmm. everybody puts their stuff, huh? Yeah. And if there's crumbs on there, it's just not right. That's the part you that can't put you. You can't put your elbows in crumbs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can't. You're not supposed to. Well, we do. And we're fine. You're not supposed to, though. That's clear. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, this was fun. Yeah, it was Thank super fun. Thank you for Thanks. having me. Thanks for talking to us, Chad. Absolutely. Yeah. Episode number two. It's an honor to be in the single digits. Yeah. Episode two and the first episode in which we're, I think... I'm the first guest. Pretty wide awake. I love it. You are the first guest in the first awakenly recorded episode. <laughs> and I didn't really clear my throat. I don't know if you noticed, but I kind of rocked it you with not once. clearing my throat. <laughs> I counted one. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't hear it. Well, He's when cr- you've listened to it for several hours. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was driving me crazy when he was editing. I'm like, God, how many times did I do that? Jeez. It's not going to be my thing. I'm not going to be taken down by throat clearing. Okay. No? That was awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Chad. We'll call this a wrap.